Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? This is the Bev's Video Kingdom podcast. We are back at you on a Tuesday, about to drop a brand new movie on you. Well, it's not a brand new movie. It came out in 1999. <laughs> brand, brand new, new movie. selection. <laughs> Just came out. I mean, essentially, for some people, this is kind of brand new because uh, this movie right now, um, if you weren't able to find it because we posted on the socials, only available on YouTube. It is not available to stream anywhere. And we'll get into that a little bit later of why that actually is it, well not do we have not, to, do we not have to, everywhere why are we waiting to shit on harvey weinstein can we just do that now <laughs> Fuck it. let's let's bomb on that dude right now so yeah so um dogma is the movie we're doing 1999 kevin smith this is a uh, kevin smith's fourth uh theatrical release the reason you were not able to find it on any streaming uh platform is because when this movie came out, there was some controversy, and, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Brad, um, is, it, is it Clerks Chasing Amy, Mallrats, this one? Clerks, Clerks Mallrats. Mallrats Chasing Amy. Clerks, Dog. Mallrats Chasing Amy, Dogma, got it. Yep, yep, yep. This movie had uh, some religious, uh, it's, it's a religious movie, talks about the Catholic religion. Just a real quick story, uh, short story. The Catholic League got mad. This guy, William Donahue, he was all pissed. They pressured Merrimax into not releasing this movie. Um, so what the, the Weinsteins did is they bought the movie themselves, and then they went and took it over to Lionsgate and had them release it the following year. Now, because of that, when they made that contract back in the late 90s, there was no streaming services. So the contract is strictly just DVD and uh, movie. That's all that they made the contract for. Um, that contract expired at some point. The Weinsteins still own the movie, but... Fuck Harvey Weinstein. Nobody's going to be giving him any money to buy this movie. So. <laughs> but apparently everybody is willing. Somebody's willing to put it on YouTube, and YouTube's willing to be like, we don't see that. YouTube looks the other way. like Because it, it's a full, solid, I mean, just clean. The color version. is slightly off. Besides that, it's pretty perfect, I think. I think maybe because there's no stream of it, like on an actual legit site, that there's no, like, the algorithm has nothing to go by. So, But, I mean, here's my question, right? Like. We, we all agree that Harvey Weinstein is just a full-on piece of shit, right? Like there's, there's nobody, nobody, like, yeah. nobody. So, like, what has he got to do other than sue people? Like, what is he, why is he not, why is he not, like, well, you can't. Is he not in prison, jail? Wait, prison, isn't, jail isn't prison? he dead or cameo? No, he's not dead yet. Oh, okay. No, I don't, I don't I know where he I is. Thought, I think you're thinking of the. I think he's, I don't think I thought he's someone jail. passed away in prison. No, that's the child trafficker. That's guy. a Dave. That's a, a Epstein, right? Uh, Epstein. Oh, Ep okay. Yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah. And he didn't pass away. He he either hung himself slash. Sh shockingly, <laughs> he's actually worse than Harvey Weinstein. So yeah. nice work finding somebody who's worse. <laughs> um, so, so Harvey Weinstein. I, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't think he's in jail. Who knows. He's probably at like. He's probably not. You know what? I didn't take the time to look him up because I'm like, fuck Harvey Weinstein. No, but once we get Z Ziggy the intern, we'll just oh. tell Ziggy that. Oh, we haven't oh, talked yeah. about this. <laughs> 
we're, we're talk, on, talk about that. Really we're working quick. on getting a Bev's Video Kingdom intern who we intend to only refer to as Ziggy, no matter what that he or she's her, or he, his or her name is. Yeah, we're gonna do old school for or the first movie. Is. The first there. movie that he's on, we're gonna do old school and then just treat him like a pledge the entire time <laughs> without any warning. Not tell him we'll be like, yeah, we're doing the movie old school. Just come on down. And then we're just going to clown them the entire time. Yeah, so if you, awesome. want to, if you want to be a Bev's Video Kingdom intern, you know, just oh. j- jump on in. Maybe we'll get somebody that's like retired, like, you know, that like in the intern with uh, with uh, De Niro. It's like some some like 60 year old. You're going to call De Niro type character, that sweetheart, Ziggy? Yeah, oh, 100, do that? 100%. Oh, I, if we get a De Niro type intern, that's, that's more Ziggy than, than even a 22-year-old. Yeah, we decided kid. Ziggy would be a good name for the intern. Uh, yeah, yeah, but Ziggy will do, be, be doing some research for us, and, and they, they'd be the type that would be looking up Figure out what, what the hell Harvey Weinstein's doing. Because so. uh, fuck that guy. He, uh, he and his brother own the rights to the movie, and uh, that's why it is not available anywhere. Except and on YouTube for free. So except it's on YouTube for free. So if you weren't able to find it, you didn't see the socials where we told you what to do, um, you can check it on YouTube. It is 100% free, and I, I fully endorse uh going that route because normally we like to protect intellectual property but since harvey weinstein's a piece of shit we're just gonna yeah. just piss all over his intellectual property uh, fuck that guy i've never respected intellectual property it's been a <laughs> it's been a, a long ride from napster to here <laughs> so dogma the movie we're looking at it it was a, a 1999 release uh its budget was about 10 million dollars it's worldwide gross around 31 million i know uh kevin smith Movies typically do pretty well on DVD, so the DVD, the back end stuff, is is usually makes some good money. It's an interesting flick. It's it's this weird blend of of serious kind of religious perspective as well as a stupid stupid comedy at times. And uh, it, it's one of those movies that I remember I saw it in the theater twice. Um, I took my dad once. He was pretty religious guy and i thought hey you know what dad check out this movie that's kind of about religion and, and you had already seen it when you took your dad? i did i had seen it so once. you saw it once and then you were like you were like dad's oh. got to see this I- <laughs> 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 we, we've gone over in this pod before some of the things that i've watched with my dad they like probably weren't the best to watch but uh yeah no we we've checked it out so we went together and i know he was not uh the biggest fan of it he- <laughs> i think since then he's always been very soured on kevin smith films just because because you took him to dogma good work <laughs> oh. no he does the cussing he doesn't like the cussing uh, he's yeah. he's he's always been a big anti-cussing guy so so he's uh, a big fan of the pod well that's one of, that's one of the first questions he asked about the, wait wait you guys you guys cuss on the pod i'm like yeah we kind of talk like like we, we talk yeah, pop <laughs> so Gosh. i don't know dad if you're listening i apologize for all the uh the f-bombs i'm sorry coach <laughs> my new neighbor coach frank that's true oh. very soon not too long are we are we are we free to talk about this? Yeah, I'm gonna release you guys. Go ahead and, and, and tell me what you uh, got to talk about with this movie. So I like this. I like it a lot, and I, mean, I might like it even better on this watch. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I will say that there was something about this one that like it's kind of a real yin and a yang. So like we talked about his first releases, right? We get Clerks, we get Mallrats, oh, and we get Chasing Amy. And all three of those have some kind of biggish stars, but it's, I mean, Clerks doesn't really, but like the other two, but they still feel real like off the beaten path. You know, like they feel, they feel like they're, you're getting something that you're kind of, you're kind of in, in the know when you watch those and like those a little bit. I mean, slowly less so, but then this one, like it blows it out. Right. I mean, there's, I mean, at the time it's as big as it gets, right. Alanis Morissette's in it. I mean, she's, this is. Can't, this isn't very long after Jagged Little Pill. Lots of stars. Chris Rock was just 
at the top of his game at this <laughs> point. I mean, Damon and Affleck for the together again for the first time. I mean, this is. I mean, when you really, if you have, if you, if you're around then, or if you can think, you put yourself back. Given the sort of silliness of the movie, the level of talent that's in the movie is kind of absurd. And and for me, there were some things about it that like I think really, I mean, it brought some real talent to a Kevin Smith script, which was really cool. Not that there wasn't before. On the other hand, like I guess I kind of found myself this time too missing some of the like feel. I was like, oh yeah, I remember watching this for the first time and feeling like it's not exactly like Kevin Smith sold out. But it was kind of a like that feeling like, okay, it's not just our club anymore, you know, like it's not just like the people that are Kevin Smith fans. Like this is everything. And I loved Damon and Affleck. I mean, I loved all that stuff. So it's not even a thing about the movie. So I feel like, you know, I really like the movie. Um, I love the religious satire. I have lots of commentary on that. But I do think that this this marks a, like a little bit of a departure from what some of what the early Kevin Smith was great. And I'll talk a little more about Clerks in a little while because for me that holds a real special place. But man, I, I I really love this movie. But it's something different. So, I mean, in line with what with what Nate's saying, this is a this was a big movie for me. I uh, was really into. I never got huge into Clerks, um, but I really liked Mallrats and I really liked Chasing Amy. And then we saw Dogma, and it ended up being a big deal for me. I was really into it. I really loved uh, Damon and Affleck and their their interaction, the scenes that they had together, and their big like uh, I don't know, if it's not Tarantino esque, but their big long dialogue scenes. Um, I re- I really dug it, but like on this watch, I think it like benefited from me being sixteen or whatever at the time when it came out, you know, because on this watch, I've watched a lot of movies since then, and I just get the feeling that like. Sometimes I feel like Kevin Smith like brings the worst out in actors. Like there's something about the way that he writes dialogue that makes it extremely difficult for people to I mean it's like it's so, like, so I think the female lead suffered dramatically oh, from the exact She's trying to be so quippy and she's just not yeah. I mean it's just it's she very, just doesn't do his dialogue. Like, yeah. still, uh, she's kind of off already in, a, in a multiple roles of hers. She's rarely I feel like flawless in anything that she's that I've seen her in. Linda Fiorentino's had a weird career. Yeah. I mean you she was obviously one of the leads in, in Men in Black. Vision Quest baby. Going back yeah Vision Quest um <clears throat> uh, she was in a a few different things that I don't know weren't that interesting, but she's she's odd. Like there's she's never blown my socks off. She has that weird kind of it's it's a, a sexy voice. I kind of like the sexy yeah. voice, but she has a very slow delivery, and it just didn't work in this type With, of. Comedy. And and now she's got these lines that are supposed to be delivered like so quickly. These quick asides that she's supposed to say like after someone says something to her, she's supposed to be like, "Well, you know, something really quippy," and then right back into her lines, and it sounds super forced sometimes. Uh, and and I don't want to pick on just her because uh, I think Affleck, Damon suffer from it. Um, you know, Rock is not at this point. You know, he he gets better in some stuff that I've seen him later on in, but he's not. I mean, nobody's like a great thespian in this. I mean, you've got uh, you've got the sheriff in Nottingham just killing it, Alan and Rickman. and his scene with her, Rickman, yeah, he's, yeah, his he's scene awesome. with her in the water is like super heartfelt. This actually has a really great soundtrack. There's some really great like swelling soundtrack. Uh, Howard Shore moments. Was the classic. Uh, was the uh, composer there? Yeah. So uh, I, I I really like it, but sometimes I think, man. If he spent, if if he did a little bit less of the these these people are supposed to be dumb and they're just speaking in these huge long like 
monologues with the big words and and just trying to sound super sound super smart or, or pretentious or whatever it is i don't know there's something pretentious about it to me and it doesn't always work but i like the movie well some people fit with it jason lee fits with it like he, he just has that right delivery sama hayek when she's delivering lines it's like it's forced so i have written down right here jason lee it works with in every movie for some reason because he is that quippy like freaking you know mm-hmm. quick talking dude i bet you like vince vaughn could probably do this stuff to harken back to the episode we did before but some of these guys, it just sounds clunky in their mouths. Jason Lee needs to be in a Tarantino movie. Oh, dude, That's what he needs to be in—that would be fun. Nick, what you what you got? What's your opinions on this uh, this crazy little <clears throat> flick? So I I like Dogma. Um, I came late to the the Kevin Smith party college, and I think actually Dogma or Jay and Simon Bob's Strike Back were the first Kevin Smith movies I saw, and then I saw parts of Clerks. I don't think I've seen all of Clerks all the way through, actually. Mall rat, so it might have even gone backwards almost from from uh, Jan Silent Bob <clears throat> Dogma back to Mall Rats and then uh, oh Chase and Amy. I mean, I, I actually really I like Chase and Amy. Agreed. I think that might be his his best movie. Jan Silent Bob I think is his funniest. Strike Back to me is his funniest. What's cool, Clerks is like an art movie. You know, it's like so cool, and it was like he was on his own path. It was completely original. And like, so what's such a big jump, right, Nate, from like the black and white art movie Clerks to this with like this, the star studded cast that kind of blows you out of your, blows your socks off a little bit. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, well, and, and, and the transition from like, there's still a lot of that left over in the sense that like, it's very, for me, big part of what, what, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, 14 or 13 year old when Clerks comes out, maybe 12. And like it's so crude and raw, yeah. And I and I was had forgotten that like a lot of that still shows up in Dogma, mostly from Jay. Uh, so like that stuff's still there. Think about the transition in terms of content here, right? You have this really grand satire where it's not it's not at all an everyday thing. Part of what made made Clerks so great was like you have this like it's the ultimate mundane everyday you know sort of like experience. Right, the, the you know it, it connects with you in a way that like is so at home, you know, which I want to talk more about. But so I, I, I totally agree that like it's it's a st- crazy transition, you know, yeah. from that from that art, you know, really grounded, you know, raw kind of movie that Clerks was. And along with what Nick's saying, I think that was like a big story, probably leading up to this, right? Because uh, you know the two movies before Mallrats, Chasing Amy's Clerks, these are, these were all, I mean, pretty like well received. Um, you know, they were kind of cult classics almost. I mean, they were really cool with like, you know, young high school kids. At least they were at our school. You know, everybody knew all the lines from Mallrats and, uh, you know, Clerks. There's a, a bunch of quotable stuff in that. And everybody, everybody would kind of spout those lines off, even though, even though I don't, I'm not sure if we really followed everything that was happening in those movies. But wasn't it like kind of a storyline leading up to this that he had like a big budget and a bunch of stars and stuff? I don't know if you remember, Brad. Well, yeah. So Mallrats was kind of supposed to be that first big, big budget Hollywood style movie. Um, and it kind of bombed. It really, it bombed really bad. And so uh, Hollywood kind of soured on him. And so then he does Chasing Amy, more of an indie film, uh, a lot lower budget, just kind of smaller release. And so this was his return back to kind of the big Hollywood movie. And so it was like, what can he do this time? Um, but by this time, Chasing Amy had garnered so much like critical success that he he now was like, people were like, okay, I want to check out this movie. It didn't kill. It didn't do great. But it it was enough to to really get him 
going on the rest of his career. But and if it, you, I'm sorry, I just really quick, Nick. I know I cut you off, but if, if if you're a big Chasing Amy and a big Clerks guy, and you go see this movie, I mean, it's far enough removed from those that you're like, all right, this isn't the indie movie that I thought I was going to go see. This View Askew movie, you know what I mean? Well, it's funny. I, I feel that way because watching it, it still feels very at times amateurish as far as Shit like monster. the, the, the sh- well yeah well i get to that later the, <laughs> Shit uh, but the, the the shooting the the angles the filming like just there's things about it that i noticed that's just like it seems like this is a really kind of interesting story i would almost like to see the story in somebody else's hands yes as like a serious movie almost mm-hmm. without jan Bob. i mean the, yeah. i love the kevin smithish kevin smithishness of it but at the same time i would i think there's a story there that's pretty interesting and i think it sometimes just gets torn away with some of the really shit monster and, and ridiculousness that kevin smith brings into it yeah like a well, okay i don't want to step on reshelf i just i just thought of a reshelf um <laughs> i'm <writing it> down. <laughs> um to have a guy like Affleck in your back pocket for how many, for your first, was he in Clerks? No. He was not in Clerks. He wasn't. But so he's in the next your, three. For your next three movies. And yeah. then he's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. So there's that connection. And that's as, you know, Ben uh, Affleck's as his stock's rising. So not a bad guy to connect. One of my questions as we get to drinking with directors, just what happened after after that big budget of, of Dogma and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. You have a young Will Ferrell coming out of SNL. And just coming in hot into into the movie scene too, and that had a pretty good cast, but it not not the not the upper echelon like you had in Dogma. And I'm just curious, like what happened, you know, after that. And Brad might be able to tell us, but I feel like it's I didn't realize it was as long as it was Dogma. I didn't realize it was two hour eight, two hour five in that range. You know, Chris Rock is funny as hell, but I hate his acting. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> there's some, there some really he, bad moments. I think there's some really, really bad moments. Comedy comedian who will at times act in a drama. He just, I think he's, he can't, he can't fake it. It's all forced. It's mm. all silly. It's all corny. I, I can't stand it. He doesn't do a lot of it in this movie, but even a little bit kind of bugs. But I, I like Dogman. It was fun to watch because it's been a long time since I've seen Dogman. Just a Kevin Smith movie. And thanks to Brad, we've been able to watch Mallrats and Dogma. And now I want to get back to Clerks. A couple things before we get to Dream with Director. So uh, this was Kevin Smith's fourth release. Uh, at the end of Clerks, at the very end of the, the credits, it said, Jay and Silent Bob will return in Dogma. He had actually written the script, I think, before Clerks and had it in kind of in his mind. Held off for a couple different reasons. One was like he wanted the, the technology to be able to be, yeah. the budget to be a little bit better so that he could do kind of a, a good version of it. Um, and then, again, the, I mentioned a little bit earlier, the Catholic League had a huge problem with it. Uh, William Donahue was this this asshole of the Catholic League that started shitting on this movie when it first was starting to get any traction that it was going to be coming out. And uh, it was just basically, this is going to be an affront to all Catholics. Kevin Smith's Catholic um, and uh, was just really crazy about it. They had, they had huge protests in Hollywood and things. Uh, it was it was pretty significant enough that Miramax just said, yeah, we can't release this. We're, we're too afraid of the, the Catholics. <laughs> so it's kind of surprising that that a big company like that would, would bow down and say, yeah, we just can't do this. I wonder if the old Vatican stepped in. I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how deep it went, but uh, but it, it was pretty serious enough. And, and Kevin Smith was, there was a, a, a funny quote that after about six months of protesting, finally the Catholic League contacts him and says, William would like to, to see a, a preview of this movie. And he's like, 
wait, he hasn't seen it? What has he been doing for the last six months? Like, <laughs> he's just been protesting it. <laughs> just been protesting without knowing anything about it, uh, essentially. So, oh, my gosh. So pretty wild. But uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, move on to drinking with the director because uh, Kevin Smith, while he probably maybe has a drink, but he would much more like to uh, probably blow some smoke with us if we had that going on tonight because uh, he – Kind of like Nate. He's he's in the same vein as Nate. That he, <laughs> Nate's face. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going with this, buddy? He, uh, Kevin Smith, for a long time, did not smoke weed until in about his like 30s, he starts smoking weed. Like after making a bunch of these movies, eventually he finds weed and starts becoming. You know, I don't smoke a lot of weed. FYI, right? I like Nate without. I'm alcohol. saying <laughs> as somebody who, who moved on to, uh, who, who had never had alcohol until the 30s. Uh, got it. So that's, that's my, my uh, comparison. No, I like that. Let's leave it vague. <laughs> so it's like he, Nate, you know, he didn't do any heroin just until exactly. <laughs> So uh, true. Kevin Smith's going to sit down, but before uh, he gets here, we need to talk about what are people drinking? Because uh, there's actually some variety here today. Although, Drink with the Director is sponsored by Last Call Brewing out of Oakdale, California. What day does this come out? This is going to be out Tuesday. Tuesday the 18th. Or next week. (laughs) I believe it's the 18th. 18th. Yep. So, we've got about a week, guys. No. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, because it's in February. February 5th. (laughs) Right. So, a little over two weeks from uh, when when, when this is first out, we are going to be doing our BBK IPA beer release at Last Call Brewing in Oakdale. Uh, we'll be there around four or five o'clock in the evening at the downtown tap room. And it is going to be a good night. Scotchback's coming to play. I hear Zach, you going to play all that? You going to sing? We will see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to play. Just come to watch. Uh, so you got to come. We're going to be, we're going to be just having a good old time, uh, trying our beer and selling some t-shirts. It's going to be a fun night. We're going to have some contests. We're going to, uh, some music, uh, some, some bullshitting, some, some good stuff, some merch, some, some merch. delicious food. Merch. Uh, I, I gotta oh. say the, the food truck yeah. that's going to be there. They are called Saucing It Up, and they make these little biscuit chicken sandwiches that are some mm. of the most oh, yeah. delicious little things chicken ever. biscuits. And they do chicken nuggets and spuds <clears throat> and stuff, so it's it, there's going to be some great grub. And let me just throw this out there. I, I promised, and I continue to promise, that there will be a free T-shirt for the person that comes from the farthest away. Oh, did we talk about that? No, I just made it up. Oh, I made I like an exact that. That's decision. beautiful, though. I like So that. I want to know who's getting on an airplane. I, like I, want to know, I want to know who's like, you know what? I've been wanting to go to California. <laughs> I liked how you thought about that thing right then and then talked about it in the past tense. You were like, and I said. Oh, no, I did. I, I, well, I, put it on, I, think, I think I put it on one of the socials. Oh, really? And, oh, and, and okay. you don't have to tell that. anybody. You don't have to tell anybody that I'm going specifically for no, this podcast. No, just say I'm going to California. I got some things to do. I'm going to go visit San Francisco and then just pop out. See the sights. And then, again, we are only about. Two hours from San Francisco. So. Yeah, just yeah. you know, Jahapa. If you're in San Francisco, SFO, man, do like presidents of the United States and go into the country, have some peaches. I wonder. Okay. We, 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 sure. Maybe Pat. Maybe Patty Dolan going to come out. <laughs> Patty D. Kurt, maybe Kurt. You know, go on to the country. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Roxy Frost is somewhere cold. Maybe she'll fly out. She lives in like in like yeah, she's really in the Arctic. Like, or yeah, it's it's like a really obscure. Uh, is that one of our fans? Is that another? Is that another? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Roxy yeah. Frost. That's why her, Roxy. That's Frost. why her oh, name yeah. is Frost because she lives in the. Uh, you know, it's like where the Inuit people live in, in <laughs> northern Canada. All right, well, let's let's get some good fans out on February fifth. So anyway, last call is our sponsor. Yeah, they are. So, what are we drinking? Because it's tonight. It's not last call beer. Uh, our, well, that's our because karate, that is because we tapped out the karate in the garage. The karate is officially tapped. Really tapped. So we're gonna have to replace it with a uh, hopefully a, a BVK IPA. That's the plan. I think next so. time. So, um, so Nick, what do you got drinking over there? Um, cool looking. Went can. to the the market in uh, 
close by Modesto and grabbed uh, uh, some specialty colorful cans for the crew here. I'm drinking what's called uh, Bone Frog Pale Ale from uh, Moonraker uh, Brewing Co. says it's dedicated to the U.S. Navy SEALs. Tasty. Damn. Fully flavored, but... Uh, Let's see, what's on that can? It's, a, it's like a after. skeleton of a frog? Skeleton of a frog, yeah. That's Sick, cool. dude. Is Bone Frog, I wonder if that's like... Is that a nickname for like a, a branch of like the, uh, the SEALs, I wonder? That's what I call my dick. I knew that. I knew it sounded familiar. Bone, bone frog? Bone frog. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's bone tomahawk. <laughs> oh, dude. Sick name for your day. <laughs> Sick references, bro. Everyone knows that. You just have to think about that guy getting his dick cut open. Okay. So I've got the Willie Nelson stash IPA with a dope picture of Willie Nelson as you you would think to the untrained eye it would look like a uh, marijuana nugget a nugget of marijuana but actually it's uh it's like a hop, a hop. yeah it's a hop i wouldn't know because uh <laughs> we haven't even talked about that <laughs> yeah let's not talk about it let's just skip over that oh it's just another beer. shit story it's we could tell you <laughs> it's absolutely delicious you did know we what? go see willie nelson yeah, we did. Yeah, at the old fruit yard we, in uh, Modesto we, Empire. Quick, quick story. We went. Let's call it Houston. Come on, Willie Nelson came to Houston. Houston, came Houston. Houston. Yeah, Willie okay. Nelson came here, and we bought tickets. And the tickets were not that cheap. And uh, it was a really cool venue. And we got out there, and we got there, and I wanted to buy a beer, so I went over to the beer garden, and they were like, "Oh, you got to buy beer tickets to get beer. So go get in that line over there, and wait in that long ass line, and get yourself some tickets." And I was like, "All right, fine." So I go over there, and I buy like. worth of tickets because I'm like, I'm not coming back and waiting in the ticket line again. You know what I mean? Go get beers. Go to our seats. Sit down. Willie Nelson comes on. He plays for 32 minutes. It was a a little more, but not an hour. And he's like, not an hour. No opener. No closer. Uh, He was the closer, obviously. (laughs) He plays for 32 minutes. He's like, thank you, Houston. Good night. And he's in his trailer pulling away, and we're like, what the fuck? And so I'm like, all right, I need to go get another beer. I go down to get another beer. They're like, beer garden's closed. No more beers. (laughs) And I'm like, I've got $36 worth of fucking tickets right here. And they were like, sorry. Willie wants to be in bed by nine. Dude, I mean, to be fair, he's he's an old-ass man. He's got to be like 85, right? Something. Yeah, but you're like, I'm coming to your town. Give me $51 for a... I I shouldn't have even plugged his beer. I'm pissed off right now. I I should... don't drink this beer. It tastes like shit. Tastes I, like fucking, I don't think they, they actually brewed that with Willie. This beer know, tastes yeah, like old brewed. men that fucking go to bed early and fucking <laughs> he don't let me redeem my, he, my he beer is, He is 88, so he was, probably 80, he was probably 85 when this. I remember super specifically $36 worth of beer tickets that I couldn't use. <laughs> Did they say like, you could bring them back like next time? Yeah, next time I want to pay another $50 for another concert. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been back to the venue yet. I didn't know Zach was this mad about this. Hey, oh, dude, it's right down the street. You can just go you could just go pimp him in front of the in, in front of the, the the venue one day and just be like, hey, drink tickets, get your drink. Full tickets. disclosure: the only thing oh, that shit. made that I just spilled beer. <laughs> the only thing that made that night better. I was trying to shake my beer at Nate and it spilled. <laughs> the only thing that made that night better was that Nick's beautiful brother Vinny was selling corn dogs. Oh in yeah, a giant corn dog trailer, and I walked right up past a big line of people right up to the window. And you're like, and I told got 36 Vince. tickets. Give I was me like, Vince, corn dogs, give me a corn get. dog, and he was like, boom, boom, like snapped his fingers. Some dude brought him a corn dog and he handed it to me, and uh, and I give I get I but I, I paid for my corn dog, but I didn't wait in line, so. From that good. type of asshole. Hopefully, you didn't wait in line. 
for, for thirty six <laughs> people for, for thirty six bucks, man. It was a thirty six dollars. You, 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 uh, you need to just let it go. For, it's yeah, not so. worth the thirty six dollars worth of uh, stress and, that you've yeah, had about anxiety. It. So, don't drink Willie Nelson stuff. <laughs> Go well, ahead. My, well, my beer is called Space Nectar, and it's also from uh, Moonraker Brewing, which is up in Auburn, up in the hills, up uh, above Sacramento. So uh, Moonraker, it's a India Pale Ale. It's hazy. It's delicious. I'm very glad I'm drinking it. So you know what I'm drinking. I'm not. I'm not even trying to church it up here. It's just the straight up diet and grenadine tonight. <laughs> I don't even have any whiskey. That's that's where I'm at. A little brown. Yeah, did you use some of that? Like, I didn't clear put in that grenadine? much grenadine tonight, you know? It's Man. pretty much just Diet Pepsi. You tapering down? Yeah. Well, little, <laughs> I don't know what's on. You, you get know. like a tolerance. You got to taper down every yeah, once yeah, in a while. You got to cut it down or I don't get that rush. <laughs> <laughs> so we can binge on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I just read on, on Facebook down. some guy like posted about your grenadine freaking that you were just going to ruin it with Diet Pepsi. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, that was very great. nice. That was a great call. Uh, All right, so Kevin Smith sitting down at the table, and uh, we've got him here. What, what's our questions? What do we got for Mr. Smith, who's been a, a part of our our movie watching lives for pretty much the most part? Well, I mean, you didn't really talk about it, but he does a lot of other stuff than uh, than just direct movies, right? Isn't he like a big podcaster, one of the OG podcasters? Yeah, one, I don't know the stories. Definitely one of the OG podcasters. Um, he he's kind of started almost podcasting before podcasting because he would do these like evening with Kevin Smith, where he would just go to uh, like colleges and stuff and basically just talk to the audience, do Q and As, have them ask questions, and uh, did multiple multiple of these all across the United States. Yeah, he would um, record them. We'd record them. He actually ended up putting out a, a DVD of, of one of, or like a combination of a bunch of them. So, so he's been doing that for a while. Um, but then, yeah, started podcasting. Um, the Secret Stash, his comic book store that he had in New Jersey. Then he brought one out to LA. Um, they actually had a, a reality show set in his uh, his his comic book store not too long ago. So he's he's done a bunch of stuff besides just movie making. I heard that he he wrote certain comics. I heard he's, he had a hand in writing some Batman series or a Batman comic and certain ones. I heard some negative reviews, but I it's just <laughs> one. It's just one. It's just one one spot. Yeah, there's like, some people that have love hate relationship with yeah. some of his his comic book style uh, uh, writing. Um, he's directed uh, quite a few different uh, comic book based TV shows and things. So he's. He's been out and around the, the comic world, of course, uh, that was seen early from his clerk's days. I Did guess. he try and come out with a, a Blunt Man and Chronic, like an actual comic release? Do you know? Did he ever try and make that into a comic? That was the Chasing Amy one. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The comic that Ben Affleck does in I Chasing think they, Amy, right? they've done some yeah. some runs of okay. it. Yeah, I don't know how big it is. I, but I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they did a, a pretty big run of like at least one kind of collector's up, uh, edition type thing. Might ask Dave, our, our my my good buddy, who's going to be on with us uh, later. He's I think you guys will be able to chop it up a little bit about um, about Kevin Smith. He's he's coming he's on Thursday. He's going to be our judge for he's Thursday. He's going to be our judge nice. on Wait. Thursday. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. So I, I have a couple of legit questions for him, and you guys can play uh, Kevin Smith. And these are about other directors. So there's in Dogma, there's some interesting, like re- a lot of references to John Hughes and John Hughes movies. Yeah. And they're not necessarily all positive. And I, you know, and so like, I can't tell if, if he loves John Hughes or he actually like wants to shit on him. I, I mean, it could be that he just kind of like. What's, what's the reference you think? I mean, he, he makes fun of the fact that they came to Illinois and there's like, uh, there's no there's no good drug party scene that he was thinking that they were going to get. Yeah, and he kind of like insults the dudes in that town and stuff. But then 
he, he makes comments about Breakfast Club, comments about Judd Nelson, uh, and he like gives props to Judd Nelson. And yeah, he, but but the one that I really think is is the so it's actually through Selma Hayek. He says he she he says you know I had a hand in like nineteen of the most you know highest grossing twenty films except one Home except Alone. one and then she describes Home Alone and she's like you know like something like no you know you'd have to be you know in a deal with the devil to be tied up with that piece of shit or something like that. <laughs> so it's like, it's pretty like, it's a pretty that. So that was the one that were like sparked the comment. And then I realized, Oh man, there's a lot of John Hughes and it's not like, it's not bad always, but it's not always laudatory. So I was kind of like, Oh, does he not like John Hughes or is he, is he honoring him by, te- by kind of roasting him? Or? I think there's some teasing and I, and I, I'm pretty sure he loves all like the eighties John Hughes stuff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's, sort of I mean, like a, Judd Nelson gets a, a role in Jane and Silent Bob strike back. So, I mean, like he, okay. he definitely dug the eighties stuff, but maybe he's just kind of, I mean, obviously home Alone was Chris, Chris Columbus was the directors, even though John Hughes was the writer, but yeah, that's a fair point. So he sort of lost me after this movie. Like, so he goes, he does Jay and silent Bob. Uh, he does, he does some other stuff that I've seen, but, uh, I, I never saw, I never saw the Jay and silent Bob or the Jay and silent, silent Bob strike back. Um, are those good? Is it bad? Is it dogma esque? Is it, is it more like, I mean, I have to assume it's like Bill and Ted type shit. Jane Silent Bob strike back is like Kevin Smith fan service. It's like, they're going to bring back a bunch of the characters from all his previous movies built into this kind of really silly plot. And, uh, but it was just an excuse to get all his old friends back together and, and do a silly movie. But it's a lot of fun. It's I, pretty damn fun. It, it's as far as just a straight fun movie. I think it's maybe my favorite when it's just it's just an enjoyable little stupid movie. And Jay and Silent Bob, Jay's not there to to fuck up a movie like Dogma to turn it from what could be a, a really sweet, cool drama story to just it's it's following Jay and Silent Bob the entire movie. So it's it's a it's their movie, and it's yeah. it's and. Uh, Tracy Morgan shows up super quick. I Sean mean, William Will, Scott. Sean William Scott. <laughs> He's got a great role. He's good. <laughs> uh, uh, Dietrich Bader uh, as like the the security guard on the on the on the the set. Yep. Oh, see now I'm worried. You guys name like eight characters. I'm like <laughs> I'm not even sure who they are, and we're gonna draft Kevin Smith characters later. I don't know if that's stepping on anything, but that's what our draft's gonna be. So, yeah. so, so the one that's the furthest in some way. Well, there's a couple that I have that there's, there's some I haven't seen, but I mean. One of the ones that strays totally away from this universe that I love, it's the one that I think doesn't even, people don't think of, is Zack and Mary make a porno. Right. Yeah. So it has uh, it has uh, Jay as as the Lester character there, and then it has a few other, you know, returners, you know, as kind of smaller parts. But Is it Jay's greatest acting performance? Oh, yeah. He does what he's supposed to do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, he's so playing I mean, like a scuzzy kind of porn star. To other J roles. But he is, <laughs> he's really funny in it and kind of sweet. Like, yeah. you know, like he, he's, he's much more like he, I would say, yes, it's a much more versatile role for, yeah. for, for J. Um, but I love that one. I haven't, I haven't seen Red State, which he. I, so I've seen Red State and, and it's, a, it's a serious thriller. There's a little bit of comedy in it, but it's very much a serious uh, uh, thrill. It's kind of another take on religion. Uh, Michael Parks, who's just an amazing uh, uh, rest of peace, Michael Parks, he plays this kind of Westboro Baptist Church-style preacher in this little kind of cult commune place. And John Goodman is like an FBI agent. They're going to be taking down this because they, they think they're they're up to like some really no good. Stephen Root's in it. Stephen Root. Yeah, no, it's, it's got a pretty good cast. And, and it's pretty straight. Yes, yes, and it gets really kind of wild and, and a little bit crazy. It's like, a good movie. 
He, it's it's almost a little too wild for Kevin Smith. Like he he doesn't kind of keep it under reins, but uh, it's it's an interesting one. Well, speaking of which, that and Michael Parks is amazing. Like exactly, and that and that badass. brings that brings me to the to my favorite Kevin Smith movie, which is Tusk. Which I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have not seen that. And then the the, the follow up Yoga Hosers, I've not seen either. I have zero desire to see Yoga Hosers. I think it's a completely different movie. It's following his his daughter and, uh, and Johnny, Depp's Johnny Depp's daughter. daughter yes, uh, they're like two clerks at a convenience store and I guess that movie's about the, those characters. Yeah, I think it's adjacent to the Tusk. Like, it is. It takes the two characters from Tusk and then puts them into into that, but but Tusk is pretty wild ride. Uh, I'm going to talk more about it later, but my my question for Kevin Smith would be like you used to seem to care. He used to seem to care a lot about kind of like what Hollywood thought about him and stuff and it seems like he doesn't like at what point did he really feel like, you know what? Fuck Hollywood. I'm just going to do my stuff. Do the things that I like to do. Um, he definitely went uh, uh, a little bit, was one of kind of the first filmmakers to really kind of go out the box and like some crowdfunding and some like, uh, I'm going to go just kind of do my own thing and, and try to stay away from Hollywood. He, he he basically has done that with a few of his pictures. So He owns all his shit, right? Um, I mean, obviously askew. not Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not, right? Huh? I, I mean, no. I would think View Askew would be like the umbrella company like like, uh, like Francis Zotrope. has. Yeah, exactly. That. To where they, but I guess he doesn't own all the movies under American Zotrope either. Uh, remember, right. that's what Rob said. Right. So, so, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You got to basically pay for those rights. And I don't I don't believe Smith. I mean, some of his, I think his later stuff, I think pr- probably he probably owns. But uh, as far as the, 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 the stuff that were. The early stuff's all like big yeah, studio owned. Pretty much. Even Clark's. That was Miramax, I believe. Okay. Well, yeah, because he probably put it out and did the film yeah, circuit with it, and then it was bought yeah. and re-released. Yeah. So, I mean, so I want to talk. Let's, let's the good a time as any just to talk about Clerks here. Um, so, I, I remember it at the same time as a couple of other things, and so for me, it's a little bit hard to disentangle. But I, in my mind, Clerks came out, and I think this is true. Within a year or two, came out around the same time that like Seattle grunge really hit the main. Like yep. around Nirvana's Nevermind, and around some of the early Pearl Jam, and like, but especially you know, I remember I have this vivid memory, which I think I've said on the pod before. But like Nirvana Nevermind comes out, and I and I it was one of the few times where I was like in the moment, like everything just changed. Like this is so different, and so everybody loves it so much. And I remember feeling that way about Clerks, where I, it was like, this was so different than all the movies that we had seen in that we'd seen and liked and loved in the '80s up to that point, right? It was like a, a little bit of that kind of you know same vibe of like disc, you know, like discontent, discord, kind of like we're not quite sure, you know, that same vibe you get out of that sort of like '90s grunge thing. But at the same time, like it had that charm of like, you know, you felt like somebody was making a movie about the shit that you did. And when we hung out in a movie store a lot when we were, you know, like through high school um, and hung out kind of around like convenience stores and things in our little town. And this sort of felt like all of a sudden you're like, oh, OK, they're making a movie about the kind of and, and it was all it was all the dialogue. Right. We talked about this with Pulp Fiction, too, but it's like the dialogue somehow makes you feel like. Oh, okay, so the movie can just be about the funny shit people say that's kind of random and mundane, but it's still cool. And the and, plot is secondary. And secondary, yeah. But and so and and so I, I for me, right, like the thing about clerks is less even about the fact that it's a black and white or there's some other, you know, that it has some of this like very like indie feel and more that for some reason it just has this like authenticity to the dialogue and to the Which like Pulp Fiction, right? Like Pulp Fiction came out around this time and I remember you talking about Nirvana and around all of this happening at the same time and the dialogue driving 
every right. scene and it's just grabbing you in because it's elongated and it forces you to like listen closer to what yep. everything that they're saying. Then they have the conversation about Star Wars and the workers being covered who are working mm-hmm. on the Death Star. I, I was rewatching like that scene because I oh, remember from that. Scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you can't pull you can't pull away from it. You got to hear how the conversation is going to end. Are they going to be happy with the results of the conversation? <laughs> and um, no, I hear you, Nate. Um, In that same vein, like it's that movie set almost Kevin Smith up for failure because it's like he was a dialogue writer, not necessarily a a filmmaker. Like he makes films because he has funny scripts. So, but he, he never really evolved as, as a filmmaker. And so he starts trying to do these higher kind of concept things and stuff. And it just, it doesn't necessarily work. Like I, I like pretty much all the Kevin Smith movies I've seen, but you can see that there's just, it's it's harmed by his direction. So it's by almost his like his ability Nick was as a as a as a movie creator right. rather than like a scriptwriter. So it's like what Nick was saying, or I think maybe you were saying earlier that if you took the script for Dogma and gave it to no, whoever, yeah, fill in the blank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then is is that what's that movie gonna be like? Yeah. You'd have to you'd obviously if you snip you know, the shit monster or make the shit monster cool or like somehow not like campy and then you know, just take the sort of the campy stuff out, and the, the oh, if you just take all the Kevin Smithness out of it, <laughs> like what kind of movie do you think like somebody like a big Hollywood director could come up with? Right, probably think, a pretty forgettable one, right? I mean, not as so, so that I was just gonna yeah, I was gonna <clears throat> kind of jump on that bandwagon. I mean, the, the, for me, right, as much as like the Kevin Smith prevents it from being you know something else, I'm not sure anyone else pulls. I mean, like I guess I if I'm being honest, I'm there for the Kevin Smithness. And I'm not really saying like I wish they didn't have the other stuff. Per it se. detracts from the Kevin Smithness, right? I mean, I guess it does because like you feel like you're a little bit you, know, you have your foot in two different movies or something. You're like, um, I wish John Hughes directed this movie. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, so, and, and I, I will also say that like I'm all in on like all the, the 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 sort of like satire about religion. I think that's all funny and fun and sort of smart um, in its own way, but. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that I want anyone else to take it if they have if if we have to give up the Kevin Smith script. Like if we have to give up the Kevin Smith dialogue, I might take. I might accept some of the the lesser filmmaking for the script. Then it's, you know, then it's Constantine. Yeah, that, that movie with, about the arch angels, right. angels or whatever. It, it turns into that. You know, you take Jay and Silent Bob, Chris Rock, Selma Hayek out and replace it with a dramatic director. You're gonna have a big You're, angel fight. It's at turning the end into and blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it, it, it's this weird medium. Could you find somebody who could still keep comedy with within it, but also make it just a better movie? So I don't know. Quentin, like think about Quentin, you know, directing. <laughs> well, so a religious, yeah, attacking. I mean, not attacking religion, but definitely kind of obscuring uh, uh, it a little bit, and and being able to do that while at the same time kind of make an interesting action piece and 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 something like that. Well, and I wanted to ask I was going to ask Kevin Smith what he thinks of Tarantino. I mean, do you know if they have any kind of relationship or if they like or dislike each other? At this point they probably do it somewhere. God, I remember reading something about that back in the day about I I think they had love for each other but there was I think they really liked each other. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was some beef about something. So, so um I, I mean, know. because if you think about it, they're very similar in some important ways that no one else is quite like them, right? So a right, the dialogue drives it. That's that's one. And they have a universe. They have a universe. Yeah. Okay. But not only do they have a universe, they also have like a crew of rotating actors Agreed. that are kind of throughout their films. And neither of them is like 
I'm just going to make a bunch of shit, right? They're both pretty, you know, pretty particular about trying to make mostly things that they write. Their own shit. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so in some ways, right, like they kind of stand alone in, 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 I mean, I can't think of anybody else that fits that description at all, right? What, I mean, what year was Clerks? Did maybe we, did we cover that? Scorsese, but Clerks was ninety four. Yeah. So what? What else was ninety four from Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction nice, right? Yeah. Come out the same, same year. year. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of wild, right? Because I could see looking back at like you know the big dialogue dri- driven stuff. It's funny that both those. I mean, what was what were their what were their influences right before that? I wonder if they had similar. Uh, well, I know, and I was going to ask, is there anything, can you guys think of anything prior to either of them where the dialogue drives the movie this much and it's so kind of played for being a combination of funny and super raw? I right. think uh, Smith always attributes Linklater slackers as being kind of the movie that kind of influenced him. And it's it's a movie I have not I seen. I mean, I, I've seen it, but it's been a long time. I don't remember that. But it certainly doesn't have that same feel, I don't think. I've never seen it. But I've heard a lot of, like, cinephiles reference slackers. We're going to get canceled for not seeing slackers. <laughs> you mean you not having seen Godfather is going to be no problem, but no. not seeing slackers. And People that listen to podcasts are like, yeah, Godfather, whatever. They're like, you haven't seen slackers. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think, and getting back to sort of the point from earlier that, that fits with Tarantino too. I said slackers, it's slacker. I got to clarify because there was some 2000 comedy There's definitely slackers. a movie called Slackers. It was, it was slacker. <laughs> um, is, and not that the stories aren't good, but like, you know, part of what makes you connect is that that nobody thinks that their life story that they're living in the moment is all that interesting but lots of people sit around thinking that think that they're funny with their friends you know what i mean like and so so and, and think <laughs> we, all, that, we all gave a weird look at each other <laughs> which we, and, and, and why, why, why the fuck did we start a podcast otherwise right i mean you know but i mean that's what lots of people sit around there like that was funny that conversation you know you you live in a world of, of conversations that you enjoy and so when someone makes a movie about conversations that you have, you enjoy like listening to you're, that, that aren't about anything that seems like over the top or, an, you know, like you couldn't like conversations you couldn't have. It's like all of a sudden this brand new way to bring huge numbers of people into the film. Right. But it's, it always makes me wonder that, I mean, if you don't have a guy like um, Jeff, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who plays Randall in, in, in clerks or bringing in a, a, a Jason Muse as as Jay or bringing in uh, Jason, uh, Lee. Jason Lee as as Brody or, or Banky and, and and not having those guys deliver the lines does Kevin Smith have the career that he has without those guys kind of like delivering it? You can't say that that fucking Jason Muse in the beginning. I mean, maybe he, he did some stuff later that's okay, but I mean, dude, he's he's bad, right? I mean, he he delivers the line, but I I don't know. But the, the, that in Clerks it worked because it was this. You don't raw... think he's great as as, as Jay? <sighs> we're get, we'll, we'll get we'll get to <laughs> <him>. okay. <laughs> we'll get to him in the draft. Gotcha. So I don't know. Do we have anything else for Kevin Smith or? I, you know, I, I mean, I have a million things here that I want to talk about. I, 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 would, I would happened. love to have a real conversation with him. Yeah. I mean, what? Well, ha- well just like what? I guess like I, I think all really- the the celebrities that those circles that he was with and those like did something happen with, with friendships or connections? Like, and I heard I read some things that. It seems like he he may, might be the type to take a lot of the criticism over the years to heart because he responds to a lot in those open forums and through podcasts and things. And he seems like a guy who tries to talk and, and talk himself and explain himself maybe more than he even should to a lot of haters. 
and it seems like he wears maybe his heart on the sleeve a little bit more. Maybe I'm wondering if that got to him a little bit more, which is why maybe he hasn't jumped into well, I know writing something and getting it like that big movie and him saying, no, I'm writing this. I'm not directing it. I'm going to wait for to the right director and just make a passion project. I mean, you got to think also, though, it's like if you were able just to make fun movies that you enjoy, that make yeah. you laugh with right. the people that you care about right. and that you like. I mean, he's doing Clerks 3. That's that's the next one coming yeah. out. Yeah, I saw that. And, and so, I mean, being able just to kind of get with those people that you've shared huge, huge moments of yeah. your life with and say, like, let's just have some fun again. Right. And especially going through that, right, if he does wear his heart on his sleeve and he's going through that, at the end of that, most people come to that realization that I got to surround myself with people that care about me the most that I want to spend my time with, which are those peeps. So I, 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 think I get there that. Was, I, I dig that. There was a little bit of a, a middle finger to Hollywood at, at, at yeah. one point in his career. So he had, like, a famous feud with Bruce Willis over the movie Cop Out. Yeah, they, they beefed pretty bad. And uh, I guess Bruce Willis was, like, just super douchey and terrible to work with uh, for him. Uh, and then you got to remember, too, I, he had an issue. I think he had a depression and a weight issue. He got really big for a minute there. I remember he got... Something happened where he was like sitting in an airline so seat. Dave told me a yeah, story they, about that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and 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 he he I I think he he acted a fool or something. I don't know exactly what happened. I I'm speaking out of school. This is going to be one of the ones. Someone commented on one of our uh, pods on the Facebook group, and they were like. These guys didn't even do the research to find out what was wrong with the fucking director of uh, Die Hard or whatever movie yeah, it was. It was Die Hard. That's that's accurate. And uh, <laughs> and and yeah, dude, this, that's what we do, bro. We do research. Uh, we, we just we just it's gonna slide between the. We're cracks. doing. We're prepping for drinking with the director, where we ask the director questions. We're not gonna look up the fucking answers. Well, I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter that he's not here. And, and if we did the research, what would you scream at your radio in the car? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, you we, guys we are all driving around right fun. now, like obviously Kevin Smith has bipolar disorder and a drug <laughs> habit come on you guys can't do any five minutes of research uh, no he, he i mean he had a kid uh and and that was kind of a part of his life and i think the the weight thing he wanted to you know i want to be around for my kid for for her life he lost it lost a bunch of weight yeah. uh but then had a heart a heart attack right like, too many years oh, wow. ago um but since then he's back he's recovered he's 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 going on walks again he he does a lot of social media posts about it and stuff so he's he's still staying in shape doing his walks and uh seems to be in good spirits so I'm I'm proud of Kevin Smith. I've enjoyed him as a as a filmmaker. Um, he's made me laugh a shit ton in my life. So I have no problem saying, you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, I, I've always yeah. thought he was like one of the biggest Kevin Smith fans I know. Good vibes. So, 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 so okay, so one more quick thing. If we say, I, I don't want to. We we hardly talked about the religious. I mean, the actually religion part of this. So one, Brad opened by talking about the Catholic protests, and that made me wonder whether or not the opening. Uh, like warning about like not meaning to be offensive was added after that because it's like I it, it strikes such a perfect tone for me about so many things it's like you know it's it's you know this is supposed to be comedy but also you know, if you read about it right you know that Kevin Smith is not an anti-religious person he sort of sees religion as very complicated right I mean he was he was you know raised very devout um, but also like, I guess, you know, one of my comments is like, how, how, how poorly has the, like, maybe, maybe the Catholic church, you know, it thinks in much longer terms than this, but like 20 years later and after, you know, uh, spotlight and other ones and, and all that, I'm a little bit like, 
yeah, you guys are protesting this film. Fuck off. Well, you know what I mean? There's a little bit of like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I won't even get into my Catholic church bashing. Not, not, <laughs> not no offense to Catholics themselves, but you know, except those who, who, you know, have the institution, you know, at the top. But I mean, I it just, it's, a, I, I think he actually does a really nice job of skewering, not just Catholicism, but Christianity and religion in general in a pretty interesting way without doing it in a way that's so simplistic that it ignores completely the, the reason for religion or some of the benefits for religion or the, the, the draw of it, right? Like, I think it's kind of easy to take a shit on something, but not very interesting in some, some ways to just be like, well, I'm going to, you know, we're chucking the whole thing out and we're just going to make fun of it from the outside looking in. Right. And, uh, to me, it was a very like inside looking in kind of a critique, which I thought, you know, if I'm going to make the argument for the, for Kevin Smith, doing this movie um, and and taking on some of the more serious parts of it, it's that he seems like he has a pretty good grasp on some of the nuance of like what people who are religious have, pro- what the problems they have with religion. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, and I love that. And to have Alan Rickman as the, like the channel, as the yeah, catalyst yeah. between two, you couldn't have a better, a better guy He's to perfect. kind of be your, your kind of narrator through it. You really can't. Yeah. Yeah. The Metatron is, is one of the best characters in, yeah. in this movie by far. All right, Kevin Smith. We love you, buddy. Thank you, yeah, Kev. Brother. Have a have a, a good day and, and Clerks Three. I'll Clerks be watching three. it. I, I picked up the uh the Jay and Silent Bob the reboot. I watched it on, on the streaming right as it came out. And so uh Kev, I'm gonna watch Clerks Three if one of these guys picks it for the podcast. If not, <laughs> I probably won't see it. Kev, brother. I'm gonna watch Clerks Two first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, snag. No, shag, snag, body bag. That's what it's time for. Shag, things we want to fuck. Things that we really <laughs> just want to get down with. We want to get hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Snag, you want to take it home to mom and body bag. That's self-explanatory. Get that shit out of my movie. So, Nick, what do you got for that shag? What do you just, it just gets your juices flowing. Affleck and Damon doing their freaking goodwill hunting. Get them in, you know, that bar banter. For an entire movie, I, I love seeing them together, and I think that the quick dialogue, the quick spoken dialogue, the many lines of dialogue. I think Matt Damon's. I don't know if there's anybody better when he's rolling than Matt Damon. Think about Damon, um, Eisenberg, Social Network. I mean, you're talking about maybe top top three or f- three to five. Damon's got to be on that list, um, just between the two movies. Um, I mean, including this movie, this movie, and then. Goodwill Hunting, obviously, at the top of the list. And then Social Network, there's not a script, I believe, that's maybe longer or, or which was literally timed. And I'm not trying to jump to Social Network, but they timed how quickly they were able to read the script because there were so many lines of dialogue. So that explains why Jesse Eisenberg was having to talk so fast. And I'm talking very fast right now, too. <laughs> some of the scenes some of the scenes in this movie feel like they're trying to just, like, shoehorn Squeeze. them in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I love seeing them together. That scene, that scene in the uh, the like the parking garage, it's completely quiet. It's just them talking, and it was an interesting like directorial decision from from Smith, 
just to let that big moment where you start to see Affleck's kind of making the turn into like, fuck this, I'm pissed now. And right. and they have that big argument down there. That's that's a cool scene. Like I, I And Damon think, kind of cowers and you're like, Oh wait, Damon's gonna cower? Like the like Angel of Death, this dude like that's just going on killing spree. I like the opening, you know, airport scene. Um when the, you know he says, "Oh well, then let's just kill everybody," and the woman scoffs in the elevator, and I love that cut. <laughs> and then it cuts to the opening, the title, right? Like he says, "Oh, I'm not you," and not then it, you. and then it's dogma, right? <laughs> then it cuts to dogma. Um, so, anyways, it's uh, Affleck and Damon. That's what I'm shagging. So, well, just the look he gives when when uh, they're at the back of the bus after yeah. <laughs> shooting the dude, and he kind of he's just, looking over at Affleck, and man, they have that little <laughs> conversation. That, that's a solid one too. That's yeah. that's that's them working together really well. Yeah. Zachy. So I'm 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 piggybacking because you know what? I'm going Damon and Affleck for the for the exact same two scenes that you guys just talked about, the airport scene and the parking garage scene. So I prefaced on the last podcast that I had a story about dogma, and this is my very quick, very true story about dogma. So this movie came out, I was super into it. My buddy Taryn that I was really good friends with in high school, he was super into it, and we were both in drama and we had to audition for plays or whatever to get to get parts in these plays so we painstakingly like watched and paused the vhs of dogma like over and over and over both of those (laughs) scenes the airport scene and the parking garage scene we had those scenes down so good you guys like oh wow the whole thing between them and we did both of those scenes at different times uh in in drama class in front of in front of the whole class like super intense and very oh, serious awesome. like talking about like god and like all this shit can you, know you still I mean? do any of the lines no i can't but when i watched it this time it like brought me right back to like standing <laughs> in that dude's mom's bedroom and yeah. like going back and forth with the lines over and over and over again we knew it we knew it really good it was it was fucking fun you're like a b-league cliffy chamberlain yeah, right. no, it was like it was like very much like that. It was it was exactly like that. I was like trying out to be like some guy that like like freaking uh, like guys and dolls, like guy Masterson and guys and dolls. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna be. I want to be like Brando's part in Guys and Dolls. So I'm gonna do a monologue from Dogma. Here we go. You guys are some serious shit, uh, mate. So I'm gonna give a lifetime achievement shag. Uh, this isn't this movie is not the one that it's the most prominent in, although it's there. And that is, Kevin Smith loves New Jersey, and like I don't have any relationship to New Jersey. I have nothing to say about it, but I love it that he loves home. Like he's not trying to make it more than it is, right? Like he kind of he kind of makes it, you know. In, it's in, not glorified. It's not glorified, right? It has its warts, but he he loves that it's home, and he and and uh, you know, getting back to sort of somewhat what we talked about with clerks and other things. He makes it charming because it's sort of familiar to him, and he lets us in on that familiarity. And, you know, I mean, we all sort of, you know, are are where we grew up. And, you know, there are a lot of people that I think look at our part of the state of California and sort of say, well, you know, that's kind of a a shitty part of the state. And, you know, if you, you know, depending on what you're what you're sort of judging it on. Right. There are places where you might like it better. Right. We don't have the beach or the mountains right here. We don't have, you know, a big city. But but we've always sort of felt like it's home, you know, like we, we, we have a lot of affection. I have always a lot of affection for, for it because it's home and, and the charm that is sort of like you don't see, you know, always. So I love seeing Kevin Smith be like, yep, you know, I, New Jersey's my spot and I'm always going to make movies about it and I'm going to bring people in on on my home. So that's my shag. Good call. Well, to your point, all of us left and to, came back. to much cooler places than home. Yeah. And we're all back here to raise our families because it's home, right? Yeah. I always call it a gravitational pull. Yeah. <laughs> 
the older I got, it was just like you felt it and the, you would, you know, maybe you had a niece or nephew that was born. Like if you had a sibling that, and then it's all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to get, I mean, I don't, I need back. For, I need to get back for my niece or nephew's birthday. Right. Then another niece or nephew pops up and then you have a friend that has a baby and all of these things just like There's continue to pull you back. If you're not yourself having a baby or getting married, exactly. The wedding shouts playing at that wedding, you know, you don't want to be there. <laughs> I got to kick my lady's friend in the face. <laughs> well, and like, you know, and, and even my either, friends, leave. I mean, and everyone has that, you know, and like it, it's, it is the pull of like, you know, the people, but it's also, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of scenes in malls in Kevin Smith movies. Right. Yep, and like, right. you know, so we, th in some ways we probably think of New Jersey malls because of Kevin Smith and like it, it becomes, it goes from being a kind of like cheesy food court thing to being like, uh, you know, like, you know, it's kind of cool. Like, like the malls and Kevin Smith movies. And, you know, we have our own things, right. You know, we live amongst, you know, almond orchards and canals where, you know, as kids we partied on canal banks. And, you know, I imagine that, you know, two of us could write a script that make that charming. Maybe so, we could. <laughs> so I know. So, oh yeah. You guys, you guys, these guys wrote a Brad script. You guys, wrote a stri a not script. to step on that. They wrote a script, but really quick before we get to Brad's, Nate is bringing up something huge in my head that I want to put out into the universe, just like BBK IPA, which happened. Mike C that we went to high school with is oh, a yeah. freaking filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't we hit that dude up to have him? Have we <laughs> talked about this? It just made me think of it. He, the last time I talked to him, Nate, he was telling me that he was making a movie about here, about home. And like he had a whole script and was like in pre-production. No, I, no. If that happened, like we should have him. I know on. he got on a show. It was a uh, that little short-lived uh, Quippy or something like that. There was like a little app where you would watch like ten-minute shows. I remember him talking. They tried oh, to make it a that. thing, and he actually was a, uh, starring in a show on that. Hmm. Um, but then that that whole app died. It That's was a like great call. We need to hit right. Him up. Yeah. It was like ten-minute episodes, right? That was like their whole yeah. thing. It was Mike, quick. see if you're if you're out there listening to us. Hey, man, uh, the, let's. The last time I saw Mike, see, uh, I spent some time staring at his belly button. Oh, and I don't want to make this weird, but uh, <laughs> I, I saw him because we were playing basketball. Oh, and he's dunking on your face. And I was like, I was gu I was guarding him, and and he's like six three or so, and the dude jumps like he's a kangaroo, and so like I wasn't I wasn't like under the rim like he was shooting threes in my eye, and all I could see all day was like, just a casual up. jump shot, just a casual jumper, and I'm the, like, the yeah, he's that's a 37 inch vertical right there. Yep. Well, you got to send him this cool. conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. The, the, lint, the lint in his belly button. <laughs> yeah. was yeah, I, I got a good. I got a real good look at the lint. <laughs> Great dude that has legit made some real like films and things, and we I've, I don't think we've even thought to have him on the pod, but that needs to happen. Anyways, yeah. go ahead, Brad. All right, my shag is is Jason Muse, and and I know people hate on his uh, his ability to uh to act he's not an actor i mean if there's anybody who was ever not supposed to be have a movie career it's jason muse but yet kevin smith being friends with them back in new jersey throws him into clerks and he was just the most raw like real character like there was there was no you didn't think there was any difference between him in the movie versus him out on the streets and uh, that's just an amazing thing to do, that to turn that into an actual, like, lovable character that people care about, um, have watched numerous movies. He's been the star of, of, of multiple movies. That's fucking wild. And so uh, he, he's had his problems with drugs, uh, dogma even. He was, uh, uh, I guess, fighting heroin addiction. There's some scenes where he's, like, nodding off, actually. But uh, going back to about 12 years ago, sober, 
He's been sober 12 years now. He's on, uh, I think, multiple podcasts. Uh, he keeps busy and and seems like he's got his head on straight and is a, is a good dude. So. And to his credit, I mean, you know, he gets some great lines written for him, but he delivers them. The lines that he's given, he delivers perfectly. Like, well, I mean, they're just so funny. And some of his language is, like, completely his own thing as well. So, I mean, some of his, his, his snoochie-boochies uh, uh, snoochie 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 and snuggins and, and <sighs> bong and all that stuff, that's all, like, things he would actually say. So He, he has the line in Mallrats when he says uh, that Silent Bob made a disc man out of his mom's vibrator and chicken wire. <laughs> chicken wire and shit. <laughs> and that shit cracks me up. Also, fun Jason Muse fact, uh, coming back to the hometown again, like, uh, so my parents, good friends, uh, their daughter who went to Houston with you guys, and I'll tell you her name off the air, uh, dated Jason Muse for like a while. Really? Wait, what? Yeah. What? That you guys went to school with. We'll talk about that off the air. Or we could bleep her name out. No, we, we, just, we talk about that. Right, we'll there, talk about it. Keep that there. in mind because yeah. I did not know that shit. Fucking wild. wild. All right. So, Nate, what are you snagging? It's got to be the got to be the dialogue, right? I think that, you know, for me, even even in this movie where where it sometimes is forced, I never get tired of the Kevin Smith rhythm, um, and especially when you put it in the right hands, right? Like, it's a little more uneven here because I think, so, as we talked about earlier, it's it's more difficult to deliver for all the actors. But you get enough Jason Lee, you get enough, you know, Damon doing it, you get enough Jason Muse. You know, for me, it's it's great. I mean, I, I still, it's my favorite part of the movie. And uh, I definitely would, uh, I definitely, I, there's no movie that Kevin Smith writes that I don't want the dialogue in. I'm going to snag, I love movies that have plots that, that, that there's a concept of higher beings that, that are looking down on humans with contempt. In, in this one, <laughs> it's, it's a religious theme, and so you have the angels and stuff just kind of talking shit about humans and like the, the, the shitty stuff we do. Humans, we kind of just as a whole need to be more humble. And anytime any movies or entertainment are using like aliens or beings to uh, to look at the the folly of humans, I, I really dig that. So uh, I, I'm my favorite series of books, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where I mean humans are, are insignificant. Earth is considered mostly harmless uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So the fact that I mean we hold ourselves in such high esteem, but yet the idea when you have other people looking down on us and being like, "You guys are shit," <laughs> I was gonna dig that. It, it's amusing to me. So we're snagging, right? Snagging. I'm snagging. Similar to Brad, epic fantasy stories. I I like I like being super ambitious with it. Unfortunately, almost always when people are super ambitious with their fantasy, uh, especially when they try and do it on the scale that that Kevin Smith's trying to do it here, it never really hits for me. But I love the. I, I just. I just love the ambition to do something as big as this movie, um, especially in what what year did this come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. I mean, there was. Uh, I mean, you had some pretty good special effects in this, but I mean, I, I, I have to go back to the poop monster. Like, what was what was the deal with that? Is that just they just wanted to get silly right in the middle? It's a long movie. Let's let's have a conversation about that in just about five minutes. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Nick. What All you right. got for snag? I'm a sucker for a, an extended connected universe. So it's the view askew like uh, the view askew universe. Yep, that's it. And I, I just love it. I'm a sucker for it. So anytime you can bring characters and put them into another movie, whether it's a drama, a comedy, a religious drama slash comedy, 
So like bringing Jay and Silent Bob, bringing Ben Affleck's character and Jason Lee's characters throughout these movies. I just love it. So especially between Clerks, Small Rats, Chasing Amy, that's where he there was right. a lot of direct connections between right. character names and brothers and sisters of characters. Uh, right. So yeah, that I mean those three especially combine a lot of different characters. Right before they start the Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and that's what it's all about. Is like you were saying earlier off the air bring to Zach back. and just bringing it all back for the sake of bringing it back for the fans, but like to connect in between three serious movies, and like Nate was talking about too. Right when Clerks comes out is Quentin Tarantino, so you just you want to talk to him about him and Quentin's relationship and how many times they sat down and had drinks and and talked about what they were working on and uh, kind of spitballing things together. You just wonder, be a fly on the wall, and you just wonder if there were some serious conversations and some pretty damn creative conversations well, about that. Well, and I wonder whether or not, like, those conversations were, and, and the, maybe the, just the, the nascent feelings about it were, hey, I'm in competition with this guy that's doing this thing that's very similar, or whether it's like, man, you know, it's kind of he and I, and we're going, I mean, like, we're the only ones doing this, and so, like, I'm glad I'm not going it alone. Just you know what quick, I mean? Like, like I, I want to know, like, which way that felt. A couple of quick probably- searches, really quick. Like when you when we were talking earlier about Quentin and, and his relationship, the 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 article titles were just friendship or what you know the friendship respect. or mutual respect and yeah. like these things. It actually like just from the 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 titles sounds like it maybe could have been positive, but I don't know. I remember. I think the one thing that I remember reading that was a little bit controversial. I think Kevin Smith ripped on. Oh no! It was it was that was Paul T- PTA PTA is the director that Kevin Smith shit on Magnolia, saying it was one of the worst movies he's ever seen in his life. Right. And so that's he had a big beef kind I mean, of with Paul wrong. Thomas Anderson that he thought <laughs> Magnolia was he loved Boogie, he loved Boogie Nights, but he hated Magnolia. So hate, that's the I one he had. Magnolia. He actually had canceled. legit beef with. I actually haven't seen Magnolia. We've never seen a slacker. 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 No, and we hate Magnolia. I actually dig Magnolia. I, I didn't. I didn't hate Magnolia. I thought it was all right. There's parts of it I really, really love. Um, so my body bag, Zach. Let's get back to talking about some shit because my body bag <laughs> is the poop monster. Some shit. Um, it's so ridiculous, <laughs> and it's not even shit done in demon. like a, a funny or clever way. Like it, it really, it almost just like exists. Like, hey, I had a poop joke here. Check it out. And it, it just, there's nothing clever about it. It's not even that like poopy, really. Like it's kind of like a weird mud monster. Like you could have made it poopier. When it shoots this shit though, and it, like explodes behind them on the bar. That's I, I watching that. When I was doing my rewatch, I was like, "Oh shit, that's that's terrible." One thing I know about working at a sewer plant for a couple uh, for a summer is that there's there's less poop in the sewers than there is used condoms and tampons. <laughs> and that guy would have just been covered. It would have been like uh, he would have looked like just he had like welts all over him with like used condoms been and the and, condom condom tampon. Yeah, monster. exactly. Oh wow! But yeah, that poop monster just it was just a bridge too far. It was one the the one thing in the movie that really like. 100% needed to be cut. No, I didn't mind it. <laughs> it needed to be wiped. <laughs> it needed to be wiped. Oh, two-ply. Get flush that two-ply and get that oh. shit out of here. If it's brown, flush it down. What Nate, what are you body bagging here, man? I I mean, I, I, don't, I, I hate to do this because, I mean, everybody's working hard and doing their best, but Linda. Uh, are you going to shit on our research right now? Are you going to shit on our research? Our lack of research right now? <laughs> He's yeah. gonna talk about the pod. My body bag is this my body bag. Is, my body bag research. is my co-host. Our lack of research. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna wait till the uh, to Z- the dogma pod to do this. Zig of the entrance fired before he even starts. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing shit for me right now. Linda Fiorentino, uh, the main character uh, who plays Bethany. Uh, I, you know, I just I didn't. She. I found her often distracting. Not terrible, but just she, for me, she was the. 
in a movie where there were a bit few distractions, she was my biggest. So I, I could have done with a different role. But I, and I was, but I was trying to think like, who do we put in there? And I actually think there's a lot of interesting choices. They, you know, none that like jump out immediately, but like uh, Sandra Bullock. Dude, Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, so Sandra Bullock's not a terrible one. I mean, Joey, Joey Lauren Adams is in yeah, there. Yeah, if you want to stay in the universe, just I mean, put Joey Lauren Adams in there. I love her. Yeah, so so I I, I guess, uh, I mean, I kind of thought it, for some reason Jennifer Connelly, like, w- weirdly jumped in for me. Like, she's kind of, she's got some acting chops, and I, w- I wanted to see, like, what at this time what she would have done in this role. If so. we're going brunettes, Liv Tyler. Yeah, I don't think Liv Tyler pulls it off. But no, she would have been bad just she like this chick. But. She, yeah. she would have yeah. been bad. Yeah. And then I was trying to go back in the in the universe, um, and the other one that I that I thought of that that I, this is Svenning. No, well that oh I actually don't hate that. I hadn't thought of that one. Brandy Svenning. But Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty. So like you know I don't know that she would have been great, but she's in the she's a, she's she's kind of in the in the group, and I didn't hate her. So I don't know. I, the, I like I the Jennifer Conley call. Yeah, I, I like me some Jennifer. With Conley. the cast that's out there, I mean, I know it's a young Jennifer Conley, but this is around the time Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, Rocketeer was like huge when it came out, wasn't it? Wasn't if it you're, pretty if, big? I think if you're asking us, I mean, you can throw Jennifer Conley in almost anything, and we'll be okay with it. <laughs> but I like wanted to see her because it's like a slight comedic role. Like there's a little comedy in there, and I thought I just wondered what she would have done with it. You know, I don't know. But, but anyway. she didn't have to. You know, what I mean, she wasn't. She no could have played it. She could have played it really straight. Right. Yeah, yeah. Linda Fiorentino seems like. She should be in like the serious version of this movie, like the the non Kevin Smith version of this movie, without having she to be might quippy. Have done yeah, 100%. She could have, then she kind of fits a little bit better. Yeah, she could have been the Constantine. All right, <laughs> Zach, what are you uh, body bagging here? So we're gonna get maybe controversial, maybe not, but uh, I I can do without Jan Silent Bob and pretty much everything. Oh, I like. Oh, I hard disagree. I just don't know. I don't know. I like all my favorite parts of the Kevin Smith movies are never Jay and Silent Bob, except for that one part where he talks about making a vibrator out of chicken <laughs> or making a disc man or whatever he's talking about. All the rest of it is all Jason Lee stuff that I like. I like some of the other oh, stuff dude. and some of the later stuff. I like uh, I like a lot of the Ben Affleck stuff. But uh, for me, Jay and Silent Bob are never the thing that I'm like, oh, like I need, I need more of that in you that movie. Lo- you don't love them like b- being both super pro-choice and then rationalizing that they want to pick up chicks at the abortion clinic like hey that's it's very in line with our uh with our fucking that's where will ferrell's character from wedding crashers is going to be next he's going to be like funerals fuck it i'm hanging out outside of the, the abortion, abortion clinic, clinic. Yeah. pure gold when he when he like convinces he finally gets her to say that, that she'd fuck him if there was a bomb about to go off and then she calls her a slut I, i'm I done know. i'm yeah, done that point. i die no he has some great stuff i mean when so jay funny. when jay is killing that uh demon boy and then just like continues to kind of hump him like three seconds like that shit is funny but in oh, this movie it doesn't man. work great for me you mighty but, duck fucks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I agree that it's out of uh, it's a like it's a little out of place i still love it yeah i'm with you nick i'm with nate you, you've got the final Thanks, empty nick. body bag what's going in it we so i didn't realize it's been a while since i've watched it but i didn't realize to open the movie that that's god who the mighty duck fucks beat up no, yeah. no, 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 no. That's a homeless man that the they trap God in his no, body. God no, God jumps into the body. God jumps of down that into right. that body to be a So a when they put player. him in it, she can't get out because his the body's like but knocked out to, or whatever. For all of a, for God to be trapped in a coma body is 
silly to me. It's stupid. <laughs> that's the part. God, that's, so that's God the part is all being, and, and you can't. <laughs> human, humans, hey, humans. God, God can throw blows, man. God can. He can throw uh, down. Humans <laughs> can't withstand the voice of God because their bodies will explode and they'll become. You he know, didn't dust, see him coming. But he can't. He can't slip out uh, of a of a human's nope. shell. Because he picked the wrong one and got beat up Can't by three it. Mighty Duck fuck. <laughs> the Mighty Duck kids <laughs> are scary, though. They're, they're pretty ominous. Those I don't make the rules. Talk about, geez, you know, the Mighty Duck fucks, like, those guys are kind of I like the bee noise. I like the bee noise. I like the bee noise. But, yeah, that, that was just, like, a weird thing that I didn't realize that I wish they would have played a little more into, but they didn't, they didn't have another... 20 minutes to spare because because they don't want to try to make the Irishman they don't (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was only 20 minutes away from being the Irishman Nate's gonna turn this thing into two season it gets fucking weird when when Jay and Silent Bob show up in the Irishman in the second in the second act (laughs) it's fucking weird by the way since we're talking about God and this is not at all but I I love I love Alanis Morissette in this yeah like I I just like you know she says nothing and I'm entranced little shout out um, just watched the Jack um, Jagged little yeah. yeah, dude, that was that was fun to watch, and you know you don't revisit. I don't revisit that. You know that time, and you don't think about how you forget about how big of a deal she was. Huge. You remember ironic, and then you know you remember. I remember just that was like that seemed to be a big deal in my head. But then they, the other three or four. Oh, there was like that were the five singles. Ones yeah. the, whole al- yeah, the whole yeah. album was and like she just insane. Came yeah. out of like, kind of like practically came out of nowhere. Changed from this like, um, teeny bopper eighties, like Cindy Lauper. Well, she was on Nickelodeon too. She and was then big all in of Canada. a sudden became herself and like Alanis Morissette. Yeah. And her story is amazing. And I totally recommend you guys. Yeah, I, gotta, I haven't watch seen it. I'll definitely watch Jack it. Dated, dated Dave Coulier and Ryan Reynolds. Dude. Yeah. She's getting that stock just early freaking, on Ryan just, Reynolds. She did. She, uh, Mike Myers is like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Canadian, too. And at the end, you get to hear, like, a current day Alanis Morissette sing some of her, like, new stuff, Ooh. which is pretty damn cool. And I've actually listened to one of her songs. It kind of talks about her kids, and it's actually pretty touching and, and oh, cool to man. hear Alanis right, sing right. in her voice. Where, where, where do we want? Remind me where it's. Is it on HBO, HBO Max? Max? HBO Max. Okay, it's also. actually That's, a Ringer production. It's, it's ringer a Ringer production, production. yeah. Oh, yeah. we like we like us. We, we like it. Hey, Ringer, you know, anytime you know, you're know you looking to buy Best Video Kingdom, we'll consider hey, offers. let's put that shit in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> BBK could be a ringer production if you're willing to, uh, you know, we'll tone it down. We will talk less about uh, dicks and abortions and stuff. Come on. A little. Tiny bit. All right, folks, we are on to Cameo. Uh, Last week was not fun. Wedding Crashers, no Cameo. But this week, we have a, while they're a side character in this movie, they are a big part of the Viewisk universe. And uh, I would like you guys to take a guess. Who might that person be? A big part of the Avusk. Uh, it's it's got to be Jay. He's 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 on there funding. Uh, no, no, no. But I said, it, but not in this in particular movie. Dogma, not a, is a bit player. Oh, Jay's a big part of this movie. Brian O'Halloran, Dante. Well, while he is in that, it is not okay. Dante. And it's, it's the dude on the bus that's making out with the chick. That's Scott Mosier, who's uh, Kevin Smith's buddy um, and and part of the, the the crew, not him. And we know it's not Jason Lee. Not Jason Lee. No. Nick's the closest so far. What was your guess again? It was um, he guessed Dante. Dante. So it's it's uh, Randall. Yeah, it is Randall. Jeff, Jeff Anderson, Anderson, the gun shop guy, 
He's in the gun shop. Uh, a, a silly little thing on that gun shop, if you watch it, and I actually noticed this, and then when I was going through the trivia, it confirmed it. I'd never noticed before. Uh, uh, ben Affleck's playing with a knife at one point, and then all of a sudden you see him kind of jump. He legit like cut his finger with a knife while he was kind of playing with it. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and they left it in? It's it's in the scene. So, That's yeah, tight. he actually cut himself. And, and I noticed him while I was like, oh, shit, he must just cut himself. It's funny. <laughs> and then saw in the trivia, yes, he did cut himself. So kind of wild. But Jeff Anderson, Randall Graves. Okay. A very, very important part of the movie Clerks. Um, a hilarious dude. Recently on Cameo. What are we what are we paying for Mr. He's, he's got the Star Wars uh, rant in, in oh, yeah. Clerks, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like that's the best part of that movie. I'll bet he's 139. 200. Bucks. Oh, I mean, it's an easy bet, 201, but I think it's going to be more than 200 bucks. 139. Give me 198. Jeff Anderson is available. $65. Oh, what? You all shot the moon on that one. Wow. No, it's, uh, uh, he's... Clerks was a huge movie. That's wild. But he never really went on to anything. He never did anything else? Outside of the, the, the View of universe. I mean, he really didn't do but much for, else. For 65 he bucks. He was in that might be your, and Bob Strike Back. That might be your... Uh, yeah, I know. How, exactly. <laughs> how much does his business cost, bro? Let's have him on. 380 Oh, Dude, I, oh that's, that's doable, within reach. Bro. We should have him. If you guys buy enough t-shirts, <laughs> <laughs> we will have Brody on the podcast. That oh, would be fun. Not Brody. It's or, or Randall. 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 How long do we? How long do we get uh, with him if we buy pay three hundred eighty dollars? I don't know. I assume that's, it's still like worth checking out. Two minutes, dude. We'll tell him. We could tell him five hundred, but he has to judge a judge a uh, <laughs> judge a draft. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd it. throw in for that. That would boost our shit. I guess he's kind of a, a loner up in the hills. He seems like he's like off in the the hills of I think Colorado or something is where he lives, something like that. But. He was just like, yeah, I felt like I should get on Cameo and tell some couple funny jokes. And then, 65 uh, bucks a That's uh, cheap. Oh, 65 dude. bucks, but Nate, I know what you're saying, and, and I kind of liked what you were saying. That's your birthday present, buddy. <laughs> I kind of liked what you were saying. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure he, he, he knew, knew that I acknowledged He knew where I was going. He knew where I was going. But yeah, that's Cameo. So um, yeah, Kevin Smith, I think he's always interacted with his fans in a lot of ways, so uh, Cameo is not the place for him because... That dude really has always been big with the fans. Like, he's done a ton. Like, all those Q&As, that was for the fans. Fans got to come up, talk. You could get pictures with them, autographs. Dude was, uh, he's always been a big part of the, uh, he, uh, I think almost every movie, starting with uh, possibly Chasing Amy, some type of fan contest, you get to go come out to the shoot and be in the movie. He's a big, like, Comic-Con type dude, too, right? Don't oh, they yeah. do, like, the Comic-Con tours and do the uh, Q&As there and stuff? Yeah, so he's, he's always done that kind of stuff. But, like I said, giving fans roles in his movies. I mean, they're usually, like, extras in the back. But, I mean, that's that's a cool thing to do. I want to be in a Kevin Smith movie. Kevin Smith, hit us up, man. We love you. All right, so... Uh, We're moving. Streaming recommendations. Uh, what are you going to tell people after watching this, uh, this religious uh, comedy... What are you gonna point people towards, Nick? Big surprise! Can you guys guess? Constantine. Is no. that what it is? No. Oh, Jan signed by Strike Back <laughs> <laughs> on HBO Max, two thousand one. You won't be disappointed. It's a good ride. Yeah, if you're familiar with Chasing Amy, Mallrats, uh, Clerks, that 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 series. You're good to go, and it's a fun ride. It is a it is a silly fun. It's ride. what Grandma's Boy. It's what all those. It's what it's what even Dude Where's My Car wishes it was. Yeah. I actually like Dude Where's My Car. I know, I know, words, I, dude. No, I know, but <laughs> the cooch carries that picture. 
That's a fun one. That's a very underrated, in my, in my opinion, comedy. But, but good good call. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Definitely check it out. So I'm going to go out. I, I guess the, I don't, I'm not sure if this is in the universe exactly, but it's so it's a little bit off the beaten path. But it's Zach and Mary uh, make a porno. So I'm, I love that movie. I think it's sort of underrated because it's kind of like it's not thought of. It doesn't have the same characters in Brian Law. I don't know if it has any of the overlapping characters as the as the Clerks universe. It has the actors, but not the yeah, characters. Yeah, so a lot of the actors, but not the characters. Did he direct and write it? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. And Interesting. It's, it's really funny. Um, I mean, Elizabeth Banks is just like pure gold She's in awesome. general. Um, and Seth Rogen, obviously. So it's got great talent. Um, and uh, I, I just, yeah, I mean that, that's a that's a winner. So it's streaming on Showtime, or if you have Prime, you can see it through Prime and Showtime. You can see it on Prime. What's funny to me is that, like, for some reason, I lump that in with like Apatow comedies to me. Zach and Mary make a porno. It's because of it's, the Seth Rogen crossover. Is that that has to be it? Because it's not that at all. Um, um, it's good. It's not that though. It's not. It's not an Apatow verse. It, I don't know if Apatow is his own. It's. It's, it's definitely not an yeah. Apatow at all. Exactly. Um, but it. But it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel view askew. I, I see what you're saying. It's, it's Kevin Smith almost doing an Apatow movie. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I hear so, you. so I think that's right. I think yeah. that's that. I would say because it doesn't have the same. It does have like really good fun dialogue, but the dialogue's not not. It's it's in some ways like closer to Apatow dialogue than it is. Kevin Smith dialogue. What, what is JMU's character, Lester? What does he call it when he's talking about grabbing the arm, the, the other person's arm? He oh, has a... the Dutch rudder? <laughs> 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 Love that, the Dutch rudder. <laughs> and then, you, and then you're, you're moving it? You're moving it? It doesn't even feel like it's yours? <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that yeah, that's a good one. Zach, what do you got? Uh, we, well, we talked about it a bunch. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Tusk. Uh, same thing. Written and directed. Uh, you can watch it for three ninety nine on Apple TV, or you can watch it on Fubu. I don't want to give any spoilers away because it's uh, it's a good one. When you see the twist, it's good. It hits, and uh, you got to check it out. As being kind of a horror thriller guy, and I know this was kind of Kevin Smith's first kind of venture into that. Did did he do a decent job? He did. A, he did a really good job for what it is. Okay. It's. Uh, to me, I know some people like just were like, "Fuck that movie!" I, I hate it. Especially, I think really traditional Kevin Smith fans were like, "I, I could see upset. how they would hate it," and I could see how even the like you know your run of the mill moviegoer that didn't know what they were getting into and went and saw it in the theater and they were like, "Oh, new Kevin Smith movie! Oh, he's doing a scary movie! Let's go watch it!" And uh, and there's some. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's a pretty good scary one. There's some. There's a twist, and 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 I and I really I really dug it. And I think you guys should all watch it because it's not—it's not like nightmare scary, at least not to me. But I some people it said it said it was really fucked up. I actually checked it out on Reddit to see what Reddit had to say about it, and uh, there was a large contingent of people that were like, "Fuck that movie! It's fucking so not that it's bad, but that it like, oh, that movie fucked me up. I've been thinking about, it. and it's like, uh, okay, but okay. I'm gonna check it out. I, I definitely need to. I owe it to Kevin Smith to go check it out. So my recommendation is. Um, I decided to think more in the lines of like religious comedies that that I've uh, that I've watched in the past, and I went with the uh, the invention of lying, which is Ricky Gervais, uh, his directorial debut. Um, Ricky Gervais, Jennifer Garner, Jonah Hill, Louis C.K., Rob Lowe, Tina Fey, a lot of folks in this movie, and you have Ricky Gervais becoming the first person in history to lie, and then it leads to, of course, religious discussions and things like that. 
it's a available. very religious movie, as yeah. as with Dogma. Yeah, yeah. So sure. it's 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 definitely got a big religious tone, overtone to it. Uh, Ricky Gervais being an atheist, so it's his kind of take on a religious movie. And uh, it's available. This is actually part of the reason why I chose it. Available on Canopy, or maybe it's Canopy. I'm not sure. Are it looks sure? like Canopy. Canary. canary? Did can- they actually do cantaloupe, it? bro? Cantaloupe. I'm, uh, I think that's what they call it. I think that's what they used to be called, but now they're now they're Canopy. Fucking kidding me! <laughs> it's canopy with a K. Accent over the E. It's How? canopy with a K. K N O P Y. How many streaming services can we have? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? I'm saying if we just said random words every time, we would probably be right. Puff Daddy's got a clothing line and a fucking streaming service. Boo boo. I just signed up for Berserker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's your streaming recommendations go check those movies out uh if you enjoyed dogma and even if you didn't we've got some usually pretty good recommendations i think we've got a decent track record i just think it's funny that we're like we're gonna do this movie if you guys want to watch it get on youtube and watch the pirated version <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no problems with that like i said the, the harvey uh, weinstein situation uh, situation no problem saying check it out on youtube because that's what we did um, in fact, we almost pivoted. We almost, I was like, guys, do we need to pivot? Cause this movie's not available. And then all of a sudden shortly after that, oh shit, it's on YouTube and it's a great version of it. It's not <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like they sped up the audio or it's like, I don't even think there was any commercials. I don't think there were any commercials. No commercials. No. No commercials. Straight was... up two hour, 10 minute YouTube video with no interruptions. Yeah. Oh, just straight up the movie. So it was great. Um, all right. Reshelf it. This is where we take a movie and we're going to, uh, just like Bev's video kingdom, you're going to take it from one category to another, or maybe you just want to change the ending up get you something different what do you got mr nate so i i i always apply my uh, dad's uh till dawn rule <laughs> dogma till dawn i hope this is an ongoing thing I, this this season at least let's do it this season and see how it works uh, dogma till dawn uh would be where they show up at the church um and you know you think you don't know what's going to happen and then all of a sudden the church doors bust open and vampires come pouring out and so, like, all the foes that had come together, sort of, like, unsure, you know, you know, trying to trying to prevent the, the them from crossing over, and they're, you know, and then all of a sudden they're all fighting the vampires together. Um, angels and humans together against the vampires. Exactly. So that's my, uh, that's, that's, that's Dog Ooh, Until Angels Dawn. and humans versus vampires. That's exactly. Good. That's there it. That's and, the but that's the title of it. Angels and humans and vampires. Angels and humans versus vampires. It has yeah, to be yeah. Dogma Till Dawn or it doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. We already have a title. <laughs> I no, but, yeah, okay. Nick, what do you what do you got? Yeah, this? you 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 you. No, it was gonna be it was gonna have a colon. It was gonna be oh, it was gonna be it. something till dawn, and then then got the, it. Blah blah blah. Angels versus, and humans versus yeah. vampires, and also van- werewolves. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so I I was I was thinking hard on a, on a reshelf or a, a, a rewrite. And I started thinking of the airport scene, and then I started thinking about Love Actually, and so I started thinking of this movie needs to open just like Love Actually, like it's the drama. This is the drama version of this movie, and this whole movie opens with Damon sitting and like analyzing and discussing. Oh no, it's, it's Affleck sitting because he's a watcher. He, he loves sitting at the airport and watching people coming and how true that interaction is when they get off the flight and they're loving each other no matter what's going on in their lives. The airport is when he sees love. And he sees Rickman cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a love actually shout out. That's Sorry. why he lost his dick. Um, we didn't even talk about that yet. <laughs> the Ken uh, doll situation. Two, two different situations where people pull their pants down to show nothing. Do they address that the angels can't eat? 
Is that what they're doing? They can't drink. Affleck's can't taking drink nuts. Affleck's taking nuts out of the bag, putting them in his mouth, and then taking them out and putting them into another bag. And it's almost like he's just like getting the flavor from them. Can they not eat? Because they're not buttholes. Yeah, they can't shit, right? <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't even make that connection. I don't think I realized the eating part. I know they, they they make it specifically about the drinking. They didn't say yeah. anything about the eating, but because he t- he remember he gets a shot and he takes a shot and he spits it yeah, out. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah. the, you were saying the eating the, I, the I peanuts. Thought, I thought for some reason after I saw the shot thing, I was like, wait. And I went back and Affleck in the in the in the airport seems to have two bags of nuts or pretzels or whatever he's eating, and he's like taking them, putting them in his mouth, and then taking them out of his mouth and putting them back in a, in another bag. Which I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I, there's something about them they can't enjoy, like the human pleasures or something. Like exactly. That. I think yeah. that's exactly what yeah. it is. They can't have sex. They can't, you know, enjoy food or alcohol or whatever it is. So, all right, right. wait, wait. We're still on. Yeah, oh, we're sorry. still on love. Go actually. ahead. Go we, ahead. We, 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Nick. Derailed. <laughs> I know I grabbed you there. That's weird. With the love would, actually opening. That's weird that Just I would derail one of Nick's points. <laughs> but it opens in love actually, and it's it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as the, as the voiceovers. Or it's just one of them. I hadn't, I didn't decide it. I, I hadn't, it wasn't concrete. But then it ends with, you know, where it opens up with the narrator when the narrator's died and he's still the narrator. So it ends with the same, you know, the same airport scene. And this time it's Damon and Affleck again narrating, but this time they're dead and they're in hell. And But they're narrating and just kind of saying it went down this way. And, <laughs> and, and, there, and it ends on kind of like this weird ironic note. And uh, that's, that's all I got. Opening and closing. Like hell actually is all right. The airport. <laughs> hell is all um, so That's a good one. I like that. Um, my kind of both reshelf alternate ending. What I want is kind of post this movie. I mean, we have a, a, a scene in the movie where uh, the newscaster is is filming and they're seeing all this carnage happening in front of this church The uh, when, when the angels are just destroying everything. And... I want like the serious movie that kind of if this shit really went down, let's have a serious look at the aftermath of the angelic massacre. Like, how does it affect society and religion? Like, what what what's going on? It's I, I definitely don't want it to be written by Kevin Smith. <laughs> I want like the serious take. Like, what if there was some like angel massacre in a church and like people like had footage of these angels flying around killing people? It's like, how the fuck would that affect society? Would people like? Would, would Christianity like take over and be like, yep, we're so, right. So who do you want to direct this? You want M. Night? You want uh, Fincher? You want Nolan? Who do you want? Um, maybe we go with, uh, uh, who's the dude that did Requiem for a Dream? Um, I'm just saying. He did Black Swan. He did a bunch of shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I, I was thinking like. I oh, like, fucking Aronofsky? Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Fuck Aronofsky. <laughs> I like a bunch of his movies, but. He 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 was uh, I, I I yeah I don't like him. I just think it, I want that very dark kind of weird like well, how does society deal with it? All of a sudden there's this Black Swan. possibly proof of of religious beings and it's like man where do we go from there? Fincher would be good. I I want to see the aftermath. I want to know if we actually had proof of some religious beings, how would that affect society? A little dark, a little weird. I like it. All right, well, hey. That was dogma. We've talked about dogma. We, we we brought Kevin Smith the real pod. He was he he needed his due. Thirty six or seven episodes in, yeah. dude. I mean, this he is, was the this second. Is, he was the this second. Isn't the last Kevin Smith we're gonna do. But this is the end of 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 the Kevin Smiths that we're gonna do. It's gonna be a movie that came out before this one. If we do again another one, it's gonna be yeah. a, it's gonna be I, a I, I, chasing I, Amy or Mallrats. 
I would say so. Yeah, because yeah. I think those are all three great movies. Yeah, I mean, I think Chasing Amy. I agree that you know, I think Nick said it, but I think Chasing Amy's his best movie. It's I mean, his best movie. I'm I not like, going to call Mallrats a great movie. I like Mallrats more because funniest. of nostalgia. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, so we will venture back into Kevin Smith at some point, but uh, thank you for being here. Uh, socials, you know, hit us up Facebook. We've had some good conversations with fans. We've had some fun stuff uh, talking about shit and. And uh, actually getting shit on sometimes is always <laughs> welcome. Like, please shit on us. Please. Like, Bring the Bring criticism. Those. I want to hear everybody that's like, these guys don't even know what happened to Kevin Smith. Like, fuck these guys. They didn't do any research at all. I fucking hate these guys. Uh, all right. Twitter, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can email us at bestvideokingdom at gmail.com. And you can come see us live at Last Call Brewing in Oakdale on Saturday, February 5th in the evening. Uh, we're going to be there for a beer release, so show up. You know? We do have one real quick story about the social medias, which we have put a few different little things on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> we, we started the TikTok. I don't even know if we have We're so fucking more hippie, than guys. like Nate's nephew as our followers. That's the only one we have, actually. <laughs> but uh, we took Scotch Beck's uh, uh, Ode to the Tramp Stamp and put that on TikTok. And it was on TikTok for maybe... Two er, minutes? Maybe 30 minutes? I mean, I don't think it was that long. Maybe it wasn't even that long. Like, maybe 10 minutes. And instantly got a copyright takedown for his parody song, which I was like, wait a second, isn't TikTok, isn't people just ripping off other people on TikTok constantly? I, I thought that, that was what thing. TikTok is. Yeah, and somehow Scott's original words with uh, just kind of the same beat as that uh, uh, Take a Look at My Girlfriend song. It was like any Weird Al song. Yeah, and it got knocked down instantly. It was pretty baffling. I was, and I take that back. It wasn't like any Weird Al song. It was like a really good Weird Al song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some shit Weird Al song. It's Scotch. Like, it's like something Weird Al would have written himself with that curly fucking Zendaya do that he's got going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of baffling. We TikTok, uh, we're not a big fan. If only we could ask Scott, but he's still in quarantine. <laughs> Scotch. What'd you, how'd you feel about uh, uh, them taking away your song? Were you cool with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Scott. I don't know why he would say what that, Scott. <laughs> He's I actually just, worried. He was worried about it going viral because he didn't want to be the tramp stamp guy. Yeah, well, what it is is that i just picturing women all across the U.S. that are like, fuck, that's got a beat. I like this song. And then afterwards they're like, fuck, I have a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like their anthem, though. Dude, know? I got Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's it's not shaming. No, I, I, no. I think it's it's it honors. It Scott wouldn't do that. Thing. I think it honors it. Do you want to tell? Me, sure. do, you, do you guys want me to tell you what my wife said? It's like a fucking yes, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, please. Yes, so please. I played it for her, and she's like, "And you guys are doing the wedding crashes, right?" She's like, "Yeah, I guess that fits the misogyny." Oh, uh, <laughs> If the misogyny fits, <laughs> Melissa is like really good at she's seeing she's, the bad in us. She's our biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> All right, folks. Uh, we're gonna be having a draft on uh, Thursday. Thursday, come on back. Check Kevin, it out. Most Kevin memorable Smith Kevin Smith characters. So uh, shore up on your Kevin Smith movies, and we will see you Thursday. Take care. Bye bye. Start.